0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. I'm joined by um K. You already know my guy from came Breakdown. And today we got a great episode because the playoffs are almost here, y'all. Like, it's really around the corner. And I don't know, maybe some of y'all probably don't want to hear that because I know it's been kind of a up-and-down season for the Heat. But we're going to be upbeat about this Anyways. Overall, let's look back at this regular season as a whole because in case y'all missed it, Miami finished their regular season just the other day when they beat Orlando. Um, But the game wasn't really the main focus as our guy Udonis Haslam dropped twenty four, shot 53% from the field and made three three-pointers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like the man was hooping. I think he went on like a 9 no run all by himself. So I'm happy to see him get the great send-off that he got. I think it's also fitting that he had more points in his final, most likely his final game. I mean, there's obviously the playing in playoffs, but he most likely won't play a game in that. But his final game, he ended up having 24 points, while Paul Pierce ended up having zero points in his final career game. So I think that's something worth mentioning. But all of that aside, it's... I'm not, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. The season, like I said before, it's had its ups, it's had its downs. Obviously, I was not expecting us to be a play-in, even though I was disappointed that we didn't make any moves. And there's a chance we could play Boston in the first round, and we will get into that potential matchup later on. But, like, I just want to know, Kay, like, how do you feel, like, seeing everything play out the way that it did and watching all the ups and downs that we had to go through throughout this entire regular season.
1: First of all, man, let me give you a little, you know, piggyback off of your first thought. Um, Shout out to the OG UD nine of 17 from the field, 52% shooting, about 53, pretty much nearly 43% from three, three of seven. As you mentioned Uh, three rebounds, as Bam mentioned, you know, he only pushed the rebounding record forward a little bit, a block, One turnover, 24 points, and all in just under 25 minutes of play. Shout out to that guy. He took it personal. He's heard people saying all he's doing is taking up a roster spot, sitting over there drinking cafecitos. So he came out and showed you that he still got some game. Um, Shout out to him, man. The legend, the OG, Capo, UD, man. Man. All right. I mean, listen, we've talked about it all year long, Joel. This Miami Heat team is a team that has shown you that they can play with anybody, but they've also shown you that they can lose to anybody. Now, what you have to believe is that the urgency, the importance, and the magnitude of the moment that is the NBA postseason um, will allow them to be their best selves more often than not. Meaning we won't see that team that had let down to the letdowns to the Pistons. Uh, We won't see that team that was highly challenged by the Spurs. We won't see that team that allowed Brooklyn to just flat out blow them out of their own building. I mean, it's a situation where you have to believe that Miami Heat will do what the Miami Heat have done more often than not throughout their existence as a franchise, which is lock in, play with maximum intensity, high effort, and discipline. And most of that is a defensive thing. But that takes you here. You'll notice in the last month or so, the Miami Heat have fully transitioned from a defensive team to an offensive team. They started out the year as one of the top defensive teams in the league. Um, and by we and by the time we got to the end of the, and as a top defensive team in the league and a bottom offensive team in the league, the beginning of the year, excuse me. But by the time we got to the end of the season here, they had become one of the top offensive teams in the league and near the bottom third defensively. But that goes back to what I was mentioning. You just think that because they're the Miami Heat, and because the guys that are along the roster are the guys that are along the roster from Cal Laurie to Jimmy Butler to Bam Adebayo And no, Cal Laurie isn't the you know level of defender that those other two guys are. His level of know-how, his wit, and just his knowledge on you know the defensive nuance on SI could definitely come in handy. You see a guy like Kevin Love taking four charges in a game. I mean, even the little stuff like that, you have to hope that that stuff is going to, you know, stand out center stage when the possessions are fewer, when every possession means more, when the game slows down, when you have a couple of days prepared for opponents, you just trust that coach Spo is going to get those guys ready on that side of the ball. Because as I've noted, as long as the shots are falling, they got a shot because you know what kind of effort that they traditionally bring based on those things that I just mentioned. So I just say, we look at that transition, we take it in whole. Um, we take it in totality. there has been a lot of volatility through the season, but this team is one that succeeded and succeeded in clutch games and moments, um, a lot of them this season. So that actually doesn't feel too good on the regular season, but it gives you a ton of hope as you move forward into the postseason. Because you know, of course, they're gonna there. There may be a blowout or two. You hope that your team isn't on the wrong end of one. But for the most part, you expect close games that are going to be highly contested. So, I mean, when you just think back to everything, you know, the main bullet points, of what we see in the season, because, you know, I can talk for hours and hours and hours. And you can catch me doing that on the Biscayne breakdown with me and Dean. But um, Joel on the board, by the way, um, you know what I mean? I just think that those are the main bullet points that you need to focus on heading into the postseason, because those are the things that are going to have to shine the brightest. That's the way that it's going to have to look in order for the Miami Heat to make some noise, which I totally believe they can and I'm not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Boston don't scare me. That's what we call a tease in the business, people. Right. And, you know, I
0: one thing I will say for the Heat is this. You know, people will make, um, you know, will go after the fact that we don't have home court advantage. And one thing I just got to say is that screw home court advantage, all right? Because, you know what, look at how we got sent home last year. If there's any team in the NBA that should not care about home court advantage, it is this team. Because we got sent home by a squad where we had four games at home against, and we lost three of those four games. So we should not even be focused on home court advantage or anything like that. Go in, win four games, and then move on to the next round. That should be the focus and only that. And, you know, one thing I will simply say, like, I get it where people will come from where it's like we do have a different matchup compared to last year. Obviously, Boston is not like last year's Atlanta team. But one thing I will say is that we got Jimmy Butler, man. Like, as long as we got number 22 on this team, I believe anything is possible. And, you know, the playoffs is where the most unpredictable things can take place. And I've always been someone that will ride with this team no matter what. Some people prefer to, you know, call it how it is. And they might say that it's over. We're not winning. We're screwed. I prefer to look at it from a standpoint where it's like, it's simply not over until we lose that fourth game. And I know, you know, you're the same way yourself, Kay. So... For me personally, I, I'm I expect a good matchup, you know, if, assuming that we do go against Boston. And, you know, and like you said, I think um any team in this world would not want to play against Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler is that guy. He's shown that every time he stepped on the floor, and it's just gonna be fun watching him do his thing. And I really hope we can continue doing this pod and continue talking about whatever he does because what When he steps on the floor, like you never know what's going to happen because I'm still in awe over what happened in game six last season. Because when you just saw that whole squad jumping off that bus and everyone looked kind of beat down, but yet they still found a way to win that game with Jimmy dropping 47 Like, that just shows you how special that man is. And I just want to see him win a ring. And even though the idea of Miami getting a ring, you know, as a seven seed looks insane, I'm still going to ride with that possibility no matter what. And it's all because we got number 22 on this team. All I just simply ask is that the rest, rest of the squad just shows up for us because... You know, the game against Philly the other night was kind of a a great feeling because we rarely blow teams out. And when we do blow teams out, I mean, it's usually not like a really good team, especially a team that has both of their guys in Harden and Embiid, although they didn't play for a certain part of that game. So with that all being said, that was just a really fun game. And one joke that I made on Twitter on the Heat versus the World Twitter account was that yo, this is a squad that is simply copying what Jimmy does. And what I mean is that we all know the whole thing where it's like Jimmy will, you know, troll. He will take it easy. You know, he doesn't play serious in the um, regular season. But when the playoffs come near... You're looking at, like, the second coming of Michael Jordan. And I think the Heat, all the Heat players saw what Jimmy was doing, and they're like, you know what, let me let me hop on this for a quick second. So, you know what, they was trolling themselves. They won't come out and say it, of course, because they're not Jimmy. But they're going to step it up come the playoffs, and it's going to be a whole different story. I know it's crazy, and, yeah, it's probably not true. But let me believe what I want to believe, y'all. So that's all I got to say about that. Is there
1: anything that you want to add, Kay? Of course, Joe. you know me. Don't act like you just met me, brother. Let's let the people figure out that I can talk forever, though. But you're not crazy, though, Joe, because, like, you've hit on several great points. When Deuce do step on the floor, being coached by top 15, I mean, the that has been outrageous this year, first of all. But when Deuce do step on the floor, coached by top 15, um, I mean, you, you have a shot. Because he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that can do it all. He doesn't always go to it all, but he can do it all. And the way he does it is very, very, like, effective. It's not wishy-washy. And not that I'm calling any particular guy wishy-washy or saying that that's bad. But Jimmy does it at the rim, near the rim, free throw line. He isn't a guy that's going to rely on the jumper a shot that has more, you know, has more room for error than, you know, the way he gets it done. He's a guy that when he wants to get it done is simply about will and mentality and him saying he's going to physically be better than you. And Jimmy's such a dog that he's capable of conjuring that up whenever he wants to. And I've been saying it all year. And you can you can quote me on this, Joe. I know you can, and you can go back to many other Heat versus the World pods before this one, people, um, and hear me say that. I, I just don't believe that Boston wants to see this Miami Heat team. I believe that if there's a team that there that is their kryptonite, it is the Miami Heat, and they know it. Now they beat the Miami Heat last season, but the Miami Heat beat them in the season prior. I want to say um, the bubble season, right? Um, anyway. Yep. So the thing about it is just like, you know, um it, it's it's a very sticky situation. You also have to include JB's hand. Like you you don't know what Jalen Brown's hand is gonna look like, and if he's at all uh limited, that's gonna severely impact them. And I mean, let me be logical and do what a host would do on any other show, if this was Biscayne breakdown, we can't do too much and look past Atlanta though, even though I do think that we should, you know, take care of that business.
0: Right. And you know what, one thing I want to say before we even talk about Atlanta, the Jalen Brown thing. And I, I'm mad that I didn't even bring it up myself. Like the whole thing with him and this, I don't know what it was like, what even happened with his hand? I think like he picked up a base or something like, yeah. So the story
1: goes that he was watering his plants and a vase broke and he went to pick up some glass and he cut his hand.
0: Jeez, I mean, that's crazy to think about. Like that's who- n-
1: <laughs> it's nuts, bro. And he got five stitches. I wanna, I think they said he got five stitches. Um, don't quote me, but I believe that's what the reporting says. But it's funny because you know, a lot of people were hearkening back to the tweet. Um, there's a tweet from Jalen Brown that says, water your plants
0: geez <laughs>
1: <laughs> So then you know there are people going update the plants one. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like it's it's tough, man. Um, you know you hate to see a guy hurt. I always say it. I'm the first to admit it. You want to be the team that's whole, but I mean if he's a little bit, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna be sad. I'm gonna be like, all right, you play with who you got.
0: Right. I mean, like, yeah, obviously praise up to Jalen Brown, but, you know, I'm still not over 2020. The fact that we had two of our best guys. Man, brought, talk about honestly. it. Talk about it. <laughs> so, like, if, if we can't get a redo of that championship um series against the Lakers, with all due respect, shout outs to you, Jalen. Hope you come to Miami, you know, once you figure out that whole situation in Boston. But, you know it's, it is what it is, man. We can't, we can't push back the playoffs. So until then, man, take care of Jalen. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, sit out for the next, sit out for the next 10 to 14 days. I think, you know, just give it time to properly heal. Right. Um, the next 10 to 14 days would be uh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. You don't want to go out there shooting with
0: that hand and you're like, I don't know, five of like 30 from the field, man. Don't do that to
1: yourself. You know? I don't know maybe we do want him to play. If you're going to go 5 of 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe
0: we do want him to play though cuz knowing this team, man, when the t- when the squad is missing one of their best players, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tricky
1: situation, man. Like I said, it's it's something to monitor. Um it but but I will say that though, you bring up, you know, you you really bring up the interest and thought there. Um it probably Listen, there's one of three possibilities. And we just talked about two of them. He could miss games, he could play in the games and be less effective, or for all we know, he could play in the games and still be himself or a different effective version of himself. But I say being that we working with two out of three, um, I like our chances then again. You 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 want to play a team at their best. So if he was healthy, this wouldn't be even even be a conversation, of course, and we wouldn't be saying, ah, we hope something happened to him. So please don't take it like that. But, I mean, something happened. His hand is, you know, a little jacked up right now from his vase situation, according to the reports. So we're just theorizing on that situation. And right now we're working with two out of three. A less effective J.B. or either no J.B. for some time or longer. Because of that hand. Um, I mean, look, man, I like my chances. Two out of three. I'm going to take all the, um, you know, I'm going to take all of the advantages I can get, man, because when it's the Miami Heat on the other side, nobody has any sympathy. And not that they should. But at the same time, I don't want any flack for acknowledging what the reality is. If they don't have him or if he's not at his top form, I mean, that's a good thing for the Miami Heat. Exactly.
0: Like, and you know what? One thing I'll say is this: you know, before we talk about this Atlanta playing game, is that at the end of the day, even let's hypothetically say Miami wins the championship. All right,
1: Well, I- don't you do don't you do that to me on a Monday afternoon? It's the top of the week. I cannot take that on a Monday. I got to survive for the rest of the week. And you gonna sit here and pose a hypothetical <laughs> like that? If, I mean, he winning. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask your question. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Like, I'm just saying, like, I feel like everyone goes through their types of, um, what's it called? Obstacle. Well, no, I won't even say obstacles, but like, they go through, I guess, certain scenarios where it makes their runs, their championship runs look like a fluke. So, hey, listen, if Jalen Brown getting injured is part of the Miami Heat championship story, it's unfortunate for the Celtics, but it is what it is. I mean, look at the Bucks when they won the 2021 championship. I mean, with all due respect, shout-outs to Giannis. I mean, I ain't got nothing against him. But could y'all imagine if Brooklyn was healthy for that series, that second-round series against them? Like, I do not think Milwaukee would have won that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always going to be certain situations that happens in each championship run for a squad. So, I mean... That's why I don't even care. It is what it is. And even if it was, well, how do I say this? Even if the tables were turned in, Miami had to deal with something. Knock on wood. Hopefully that never ends up being the case, you know, depending on how far we go into all this. But (laughs) like, you know obviously these other teams wouldn't care, you know, and the media wouldn't care either because I mentioned the whole thing with the Lakers. You know, nobody was mentioning how they beat a shorthanded Heat team, but obviously that agenda changed when we beat a shorthanded Lakers team, but it is what it is. We know how it is with the media. Oh, you already know how it go. Yeah, so bottom line, though, is is that it is what it is. Hopefully Jalen can come back. I guess, you know, if you want to have a fun series and have everyone be healthy for it, I'm cool with that. But at the same time, if – how do I say this? If you want, if, if he does end up not being 100%, it is what it is. I just simply hope Miami can take advantage of it. And, I mean, that's pretty much what I got to say about it. Uh, Let's see. But do you want to – do you have anything else you want to say or are you ready to talk about this playing game?
1: Come on, man. We can get into the playing game.
0: Let's get it. So, we, we're playing the Hawks. And it's funny because it's a rematch of last year's first-round series – and I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm just simply excited to see Trey Young versus Gabe Vincent because I know that man still be listening to Locked Up by Akon whenever he sees Gabe Vincent's face. Like, it is not funny. I know that man gets scared whenever he has to step into the Kaseya, Kaseya Center, I believe it's called now, A in my heart, always, whatever they want to call it, though. I know whenever he steps in that building, that man gets scared when he has to see Gabe Vincent. Like, I know it's not funny for him, and the PTSD is crazy for that man. So if I'm Miami, I'm looking into the series. Hopefully they can get the win. Do not allow any of these guys to have fluke performances. Just go out, do your thing, and let's get ready for this first-round series against Boston, you know, because obviously one thing with these playing games is that These are the places where you get put into situations where you have to worry about teams having fluke performances and stuff. Because if a guy like, I don't know, what's the scrub on their team? I don't even know who's on that team. If the Deshaun T. Murray, who's low-key, been a bum this year, if he comes out and has, like, a 40-point game, you got to live with that. So... I'm just hoping Miami goes out there, takes care of business, and then we can get this first-round series set against the Celtics because one thing I know with Miami is that at the end of the day, they low-key need that thing where, and I was talking about this with someone else, um, they need this thing where I feel like they just need to light a fire under themselves just to really get them going. So, you know, although it sucks to see them in the play maybe facing a team like Atlanta can do that. It can kind of like splash the water on their face to like wake them up a little more and get them going once it's time to start that series against Boston. So I'm just expecting this team to be on high alert come Tuesday and use the momentum from that potential win against Atlanta to really get something going once they play Boston in round one. You know, I expect that same momentum that helped them win that game to be a full demonstration when game one starts that people are amazed they're looking at what's going on in game one and that Miami is just going real strong against the Celtics and people are thinking there might be an upset I know I'm kind of jumping a little too ahead of the curve but I just gotta say like I really feel like they could use so much of the momentum from this game if they could come out with the victory
1: I mean, I totally agree with you, man. And if you look at the situation, you have to take it from what have you seen from, you know, these two teams as of recent, which are things that you both mentioned, you know, Akon and locked up X's on your hands, throwing them up, um, you know, banging your cup against the cell is what Ice Trey um, is doing when he sees the Miami Heat in the last year. or So, I mean, more often than not, that's what the tape and the numbers tell you. And if you want to look at those numbers, you can go back to March 6th, a two-point win by the Miami Heat, of course, um, and then what was FTX Arena. So I want to say that you look at that one, and, yeah, Trey one for 25. DeJounte won for 23. Um, but they, you know, came up with a two-point win. Now, this is only a day or so after the first game in that back-to-back series, and this is the one that really interests you because, you know, of course – the Hawks are going to react. They still lost, which is a good thing. you like to see the Miami Heat be able to get two wins and cash in on that and sustain that attack. But what happened in that first matchup I think is more indicative of what you can look forward to seeing with Spo having time to lock in and gear up for these guys in a one-game situation, where I'm not saying they're going to underperform to this level, but closer to this, and I'm going to give you proof why or why I think that should be the case, because DeJounte Murray finished with 10 points in that first game, while Trey Young finished with eight. Um, And you're looking at DeJounte Murray shooting three of 14 from the field and Trey Young shooting two of 13 from the field. So combined in that first contest on March the 4th, they shot five of 27 from the field for a combined 18 points um, and seven turnovers. I mean, that's more indicative of what you probably can look forward to seeing in this play-in game because traditionally, as you've mentioned, over the last year or so, they've been able to conjure up something to pretty much keep Trey Young from being effective in most circumstances, but at least not the reason or not able to be a reason for the Hawks beating Miami. Because when you look back at the playoffs in the first round conference last year, um, Trey Young finished the first game with eight points. Yeah, he went for 25 and 24 in games two and three. He still lost the second game when he was able to get them a win in the third game. But in games four and five, both wins by the Miami Heat, Um, he finished with just nine and 11 points. So you're looking at three games where he was, you know, pretty much at 11 points and under in the first round of the last season's playoffs. And then you look at what they were able to do to him in the first of their most recent two matchups in March. So not that long ago. And you have to believe that the Miami heat for one game with all the chips, all the marbles pushed in everything on the line, their season. Um, Basically, I know they have a chance to, you know, come back from that second game, but you never want to put yourself in that position. Every game from here on out should be looked at as like the end of your year or one piece of that puzzle. So I think that they can, you know, put on another showing like they have in the last couple of matchups, especially when you look at the crucial matchups from last year's playoffs. And you mentioned Gabe Vincent, so we expect to see a lot of him um, pestering uh, pestering uh, Trey Young. And if, like you said, DeJounte Murray hasn't been as good as he could have been this year. Um, But if he's going to beat you from the outside or try to beat you from the outside, I think that just has to be a situation you live with until you can't anymore. Right. And, you know, all I'll say
0: is that for Miami, you know, like I said, just use this type of situation to light a fire under yourself and just, try to really get something going, man, because I think a playing type of situation for Miami is great because you feel the pressure. And I think one thing for Miami that I didn't like for them was that they didn't have to go through too much adversity in the playoffs last year until, the Celt- until they went down 3-2 against Boston. You know, like it seemed like a comfortable ride being the one seed and all that. But, like I said, like, there wasn't too much adversity just yet because we beat, um who was it, the Hawks in five. We then went into Philadelphia, beat them in six. You know, we never faced elimination in that, of course. And who was it? Boston, on the other hand, we went in and we ended up going down three games to two And we all know what happened from there. Like, I think being in a situation like this where you're basically one loss away from potentially being put in a tough situation where you now have to fight for the eighth seed which is gonna suck because you don't want to play Milwaukee in the first round and not only that but that game is for sure a do or die and you'd most likely have to go against Toronto a team that has given Miami hell every
1: time we have played against them Uh, I think I think Chicago is gonna beat them really yes I think I'm, Chicago is going to beat them, man. I really do.
0: But go ahead. I mean, I, I can see it happening because, you know, one thing is, is that I just don't trust DeMar DeRozan. So it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Like, I know a lot of people got a lot of love for DeMar, and I know a lot of people wanted to see him in the heat uniform, but I don't know. I, I, I need to. That's I, fair. That's fair, bro. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like the team has just been a dumpster fire this season, but you know, I feel like, and, but then again, Toronto is a bad team for a reason. There's a reason why they finished the season as I believe a nine seed. And, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were to lose because at the end of the day, they're the way how they're built up is just simply too much for Miami to handle. And we know how it is with this game, with the matchups and stuff, but overall, I just, Miami just cannot afford to lose this game against Atlanta because, like I said, if they if they were to hypothetically play Toronto, I'm not saying they definitely would lose that game, but I just don't want them to go through a whole dogfight fight in a playing game. You feel me? I mean, it's one thing to play more than one playing game, but to be in a situation where you gotta play the Raptors of all
1: teams, like, nah. Oh no! Like I mentioned, that I think that the Miami Heat had the best chance of being the Boston Celtics' kryptonite if there's a team out there that you could say is the Miami Heat's kryptonite, it's totally Toronto Raptors. Like, I mean, you look back at the the game from a season or so ago, last couple of seasons, I mean, you know, the triple overtime, like, come on, bro. Like, that only happens with those dudes. So, no, I get it. But I tell you this, with the rumors of the reporting out there stating that Nick Nurse is a prime candidate for the Houston Rockets job or another job or so out there, Um, because he isn't long for Toronto at this point. I mean, I don't think that that's a situation that is conducive to a long playoff run of sustainability. So we'll see.
0: Like, and you know what? And I don't want to focus too much on, like, the negative aspects of it because, you know, Jimmy is really confident about it. And if he is, then so am I. I mean, he already said that the Heat are going to win. I know some people are looking at that and are like, oh, why is he saying this? Because you know, I guess Jimmy hasn't had like the best track history and saying what he says and then things working out. Although to be fair, the whole stupidly locked in comment happened on the same season where we were just completely beaten down. So don't don't i don't read too much into that. <laughs> but you know, he says according to what he said in the recent on uh, media, um, what's it called? When the media spoke to the team today, he said he calls the Heat win the Heat's game tomorrow against Atlanta a dub, and he said, and I quote, "I'm going to do whatever it takes for my team to win night in and night out." And honestly, I couldn't care less what anybody writes. If I'm a good basketball player or a bad basketball player, um, I read that a little wrong. Please forgive me. But I t- so as I take on tomorrow's matchup, da 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 da. I'm sorry, this is tripping too much. He basically said it was a dub, y'all. I'm sorry. Twitter is doing too much for me right now. Take
1: your time, Joe. Take your time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. There we go. I was able to get the full quote up. Let me read that again because I was tripping the first time. I'm going to do whatever it takes for my team to win night in and night out. And honestly, I couldn't care less what anybody writes. If I'm a good basketball player or a bad basketball player, So as I take on tomorrow's matchup and we get that dub, we'll worry about what goes on down the line. But I think I'm going to be a decent basketball player at the end of the day. And I couldn't agree more. So one thing I said before, and I'll say it again, like as long as we got number 22 on this team, I'm always going to have faith in this squad. Like whenever it seemed like we were, we had our backs against this wall, this man goes into completely new levels of things that we've never seen before. And one thing I will say, because I do want to ask you, like, a couple questions, K, before we wrap it up. Um, and this is going to be my first one. Because, obviously, I still believe in this squad. And, you know, we talked... And I did mention the crazy hypothetical of the Heat winning the championship. And I want to know, like, obviously, Jimmy being Jimmy is one thing that we'll need to get to that championship. But, you know, in your mind, like, what else needs to go down? Like, for me, obviously, there's things like you know, Bam being out there and being the Bam that we've seen in the past, you know, especially when he had that iconic game three performance against the Celtics last year um, and being that type of guy that we know he's capable of being, along with Tyler Hero finally doing what he does in the regular season in the playoffs. Because, you know, I feel like one thing for me is that we've I think a lot of people give some slander, but for me, it's just simply wanting him to do what he does in the regular season in the playoffs, because I know he can, but for some reason he hasn't turned it on. And I know a lot of people were disappointed with how he did last year, you know, specifically in that series against Atlanta, where he was struggling to get his shots up when guarded by guys like the long right of all people. So I want to know, like, realistically in your mind, like, what do you think? has to go right for Miami and what do you personally believe will go right for the heat? Because I feel like there is a difference between those two, you know, what we want and what will actually happen. So like what, what, what goes through your head and like what you think could actually go down for the heat in a potential championship scenario?
1: So here's the thing. Jimmy's going to be Jimmy, right? I'm going to go from a team and then I'm going to go from individuals, and then I'm going to go from a whole. Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. We know that. Bam has to be a top five offensive player on the floor every night. Like, if you pull out the five best offensive players on the floor that night, Bam has to always be one of those guys. Now, I give him five. I really say that because, you know, situations like if Jalen Brown will be on the floor or situations like Tyler's inconsistency, which is the thing we get to next. You expect Tyler to be Tyler one out of every three games. You need him to bump that up to like 2.5. So one out of every two games and then one out of every three games, maybe once. Like you need him to do that because that's going to help give Jimmy and Bam more space to be them. When it comes to the other, the next sets of key guys, that would be Kyle Laurie and Kevin Love. You need them to do what veterans, what veterans that have been stars in this league are still capable of doing in the playoffs, which are having special moments, special games, even special stretches. Like, there needs to be a game where Kevin Love hit four or five big threes. There needs to be a game where Cal Lowry gives you 15, 16 points, five assists, a couple of boards. There's going to have to be moments like that for the Miami Heat to possibly even think about challenging for that because that's what you need from your guys who still have that high-level juice running through them. The physical capabilities don't allow them to be that every night, but the mentality to be that once or twice on a given night, especially with the amount of rest in between the games, that's the stuff it takes to be a championship type team, especially when you have other guys leading you like Bam and Jimmy and Tyler from a scoring perspective. Now, from guys like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and, your, you know, your Cody Zeller if he gets time, your Max Drews, you know, anybody else to see. They're going to have to just do their job to the maximum of their ability, whatever that may be. And for a guy like Gabe Benson in recent weeks, you've seen that be a fire starter. Whether that be a guy that's pushing the pace, trying to get to the cup, get in the paint, or whether that be a guy looking for his own offense, trying to help his team produce, um, he's going to have to do his job. Max is going to have to hit his shots. Whoever that reserve big is or whoever find themselves playing in that role, is going to have to be physical. Box out, get balls. Bam's going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to find some semblance of control and get back to that defensive intensity that I'm talking about that we all should believe that they can get back to because they are who they are, and they're built on the principles that they're built on, and they roster the guys that they roster, but they're going to have to make sure that they do those things um, and not continue to just focus on so much on the offense because possessions will fall. But that takes you to the last thing that's important here. They're going to have to continue to make shots. If the Miami Heat can continue to make shots at the rate that they've been making shots over the last two or three weeks, then the Miami Heat will be in each and every game that they play because they have Jimmy Butler, because I believe they're going to play defense, because Foe is top 15, and the shots will be falling. So, like I said, if they make those shots, I think that those are all of the keys with the shot-making being the biggest key to them potentially making a run.
0: And, and one thing I'll say is, you know, the Spoe slander, I know a lot of it has been focused on, oh, why and Jimmy – Um, come into the game when there's this much time in the fourth quarter. And all I'll say is that, you know, I know it's tough, but people got to realize, like, this man Jimmy, like... He, he's been through so much, you know, regarding the things that he's put his body through. Like, we know how it was in Chicago having to play for a coach like Tom Thibodeau. And Miami just does not want to put him in a situation where he's going to be burnt out come playoff time. Because y'all know that man will come into the playoffs and he will not take a single minute of rest, you know. And we saw that, especially in last year's playoffs. So this is the types of moments where you don't have to worry about Oh, why isn't Spo putting Jimmy in at this part of the game or whatever? Because there's a good chance that if the game is much needed for the Heat to win, you know, Jimmy's going to be out there playing 48 minutes like what he did against Boston in game seven and for 90, I think like 99% of game seven, uh, game six against Boston, you know, just a couple nights before that. So, all I'll say is, I do trust Spo in this type of scenario. And speaking of Spo, he's obviously going to have decisions to make because, you know, I think there are a lot of options in which they can um, do things with their rotation. So that leads me to my second question. Like, I want to know, okay who do you think is going to be some of the odd people out for the heat in this rotation? And is there anyone that you think are going to be um, odd men out that you feel like deserve a spot on this rotation that can maybe make an impact down the line in this playoff
1: run? So this is a trick question and I'm not saying you're purposely asking me a trick question. I'm saying the way I have to answer it is tricky. I think that, you have to have Cody Zeller somewhere in that lineup, even if it's only for a few minutes, and that's to keep him loose because there may be a moment where you have to go to him to give you some more size and some more help in the paint or, you know, physicality-wise because they'll let a little bit more go in the playoffs because it does slow down. And it gets a little bit more traditional um, when the playoffs, the main round shot has value again in the playoffs because it's just about making the best shots. So I think that you have to save room for him. But when I say it's going to get tricky, you're gonna have your, you know, your normal guys. Your Kyle Laurie, your Kevin Love, your, your Gabe Vincent, your Caleb Martin. Um, you know what I mean? Jimmy Bam, Tyler Hero, all of the starters, of course. Um, but it's gonna, and people probably think I'm crazy, and I know people are tired of hearing me say this, but if Max isn't making shots, and Lord forbid, I hope this isn't the case. I hope he's making all of the shots that he takes. But if he isn't making shots, he Spo can't be afraid to go to Duncan point blank period he can't let Max shoot him out of the playoffs so that's my, that would be my only caveat um and unless Max you know absolutely just you know can't make shots um I feel like you know Duncan and uh you know of course the younger guys Heywood, they're gonna be the guys Victor Oladipo they're gonna be the guys pushed out of the rotation and there may be moments where he goes to them like I know you know if you look back to the playoffs a couple of years ago where Victor Oladipo came in and got some big stops on Dele Brown and Jason Tatum, like there was a moment that Spoke went to him for that. So I just think that regularly though, when you look at like guys like Hayward Smith, you look at guys like Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, and like, and as I mentioned, the younger guys, if they're even on the playoff roster, um, they're going to be the odd guys out. But also, as I also mentioned, if Max Struess, a guy like that, does counting on to be a major source of three-point production for the Miami Heat, isn't able to hit his shots Spo can't be afraid to go to Duncan Robinson for some production there right because that was the main thing we talked about
0: like not too long ago just simply giving Duncan somewhat of a leash compared to what he gives Max because there are games where Max will brick like crazy and Honestly, there are times when Duncan has been hot from the um, three-point line this year. And yet, despite he'll have a good game, like, we don't just see him again
1: following the next one. And, you know, it's it's been a... Critical- and it's not just offensively, though, Joe. I want to note that. It's not just offensively. Duncan mm-hmm. is showing improvement all over in his game. And it's maybe it's not enough for Spo, And I can't knock Spo for that because I trust Spo to make the best decisions. But what I'm saying is, you know, Duncan... I mean, I just don't, I don't see if Max has more physical ability, he has more physical gifts, but he doesn't go to them enough. It's like you're giving them that long, leash because he still has as much potential. But if Duncan is making the most out of his stuff and that's being more effective for you, then you got to scrap that potential. Because my big thing is Max can do a lot. Max just doesn't do it enough. And when the shot isn't falling from the outside, I need you to go to something else to be effective. Maybe it'll get you in rhythm again, but he doesn't do it enough. And as you insinuate, and it's like the improvement from Duncan is evident, not only offensively diversifying this game through the lob to UD's, the minute himself in Miami Heat history and law forever um, on the right side, other than the contract. Um, I mean, he's improving his defense as well, playing with his hands behind his back, trying to put himself in better position trying not to get back to the bad habits. And of course he still has his lapses because he's dunking. But I mean, I, I don't understand it either, Joe. I don't understand it.
0: Right. And you know what? It it's just, I don't know, because obviously we don't want to question Spo too much and you know, obviously I'm going to trust him to be in this bag come playoff time. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Another guy that I'm interested to see, you know, regarding what his production will be is Victor Oladipo. Because, I don't know, you know, this was something I tweeted on the account yesterday as well. Like, it seems like whenever Victor is at a position where he's about to be out of the rotation for the Heat completely, he just starts to bowl out. Like, it's such a, it's like the weirdest thing I'll ever see. Like, he'll be out the rotation. But when Miami is in a situation where they have to put him in the game, he's playing some of the best basketball we could ever get from him. And I don't know. It seems like Miami just needs to threaten to take him out the rotation every time he stinks it up. And then he'll be, like, really good. Like, I, it, might, it might as well just be the game plan whenever you plan on putting him in the game. Because the way how, it's just so crazy. Like, I'm telling you, Vic, how do I say this? How I want to come up with a clever nickname for this. Like, how do I say this? Out of the rotation, Vic might arguably be, be one of the best rotation players on this team. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we could just, if he could just play with that chip on his shoulder and go out there and do his thing and just have this mentality where, I don't know, the minutes that he's getting right now is not always going to be there if he's not playing at his best then we could, I don't know why he can't just continue playing at the high level that we see from him. Like, I know last night he had 18 or so, but you know, I know in the past he's had those types of games. Like, whether if it was Miami taking a chance on him last year in that final game against Toronto, and he had like 24 or 27, and then finishing that regular season game against Orlando last year with 40. Like, there's still stuff within him. But like I said before, it just seems like whenever he's in a situation where he's got to be put out the rotation, you know, that's when it seems like he plays at his best. So, I, like I said, just play with that chip on your shoulder, man, and just go out there and do your thing. Like, is there anything you want to add
1: to it? Or, like, am I am I tripping? Like, I don't know. Now, I mean, I don't think – look, I mean, everybody's human, so I think that you're motivated by – um. You're motivated by being not chastised, but if you see something slipping away, or you see that thing you work so hard for going away, you're motivated by that. I mean, you're referring to the 30 he put up in Washington um, on Friday, and the 19 that he gave him um, in, you know, uh, against Orlando on Sunday. Um, eight assists on Sunday, four assists on Friday to go along with two steals apiece. Might I add? Um, minimal turnovers uh on Friday though he had 6 on Sunday but the thing you mentioned is coming out the 3 DMPs now of course you had some of the regular starters not playing in those last two games but you know not playing full lows anyway but at the same time you you make a good point there is still something in there but it's can you give him enough minutes for him to get there because but you make a great point again you look at his field goals on Friday 11 of 24 overall 7 of 16 from three point that's 43 percent so you look at his field goals on Sunday 7 of 12 from the field 58 percent 5 of 8 from 3 that's 62 percent so I mean like you saying Joe he can help if you need production there are guys there that can help it's just how long you have Spo really gets tested with Depot because he's a guy you have to find a sweet spot for. So while I said, and while I think I mentioned this, yes, he may find himself outside of the regular rotation. That may be a good thing. And like say, he'll still be available because I'm sure it'll come up several times where Spo just has to go to a guy and you have to imagine that Depot is going to get that call. Right. And you know, it's just going to be,
0: You know, it's going to be interesting overall to see what happens. Obviously, I want all of our players to play the best that they can because, you know, like I said, something's got to give, and I just want to see this team win a championship. I don't care. I've been through so much. I need it to pay off some way. If FAU or UM couldn't do it or the Dolphins or any of these other Miami teams, then why can't it be the Heat? Because at this point... I just want to see some happiness from this team, and I need to see Jimmy Butler win a championship soon. So either we go out there and everyone bowls out to the point where we win a chip or we get Dame or Embiid in the offseason. Either way, I don't want to lose, and I refuse to do so because I've been through so much this season. We've all been through so much, and, yeah, we can't keep taking any more L's. You feel me? (laughs) I feel you, bro. But aside from that, I feel like we talked about everything that needed to be talked about. Is there anything you want to say, K, or anything you feel like we should talk about before we close it out? Nah, man. I think that's pretty much it. We hit it all. Bet. bet. So with that being said, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Joel K. Jacob underscore And make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. And we got a lot of content heading your way. You got Kay and Deem coming back soon with another episode of the Biscuit. You got Culture Shop. They're going to be dropping a pod real soon as well to get you guys ready for the playoffs. We also got all more content dropping soon on our um on our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com, and it's gonna be filled with such great content from contributors like K himself. So be on the lookout for some amazing articles and much much more, and it's just gonna be really fun. And um, we're gonna be doing pods after every playoff win for the Heat. Um, K, I do I, I do guys mention that to you. I'm sorry that. This might be the first time I'm mentioning it live on the show, but I'll go more into detail with it to you when we hop off. But yep. So you, you
1: said playoff win. So does that mean we're not gonna do one if they lose?
0: Um. Well, in this scenario, this is playing in, so we, I, we do have to this type of scenario. But playoff win specifically, though, after wins, we'll do it then. If the Heat was to lose Game One against Boston, and God forbid that, of course, let's you know. Let's let's wait for game two if they steal it. You feel me?
1: I dig so you, that. Okay. No, I'm here. I dig that. I was just pondering. Like, I was making sure I understood what you said. So, if they lose game one, we'll go game two. We're on the same page.
0: Alright, so with that being said, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast. Miami Heat, let's go out, let's get this dub, and let's go play Boston in the first round. It's going to be a fun playoff run, and you know what? Y'all might be nervous, but hey, if you have the guts, you'll stick around and see what happens. Aside from that, hit my music, because we out. We out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat Versus the World Podcast.